Gruesome Herzog, the voice of horror. Do you like horror? Well, I do. So tune in to Gruesome Herzog's Horror Movie Review. A little creepy, though. This is Gruesome Herzog. My very special guest today is actor, producer, director Derek Young. What's up, Derek? Uh, not much, man. Just kicking back having a good Sunday afternoon. Me too. Enjoying the rain that we're finally getting here. Well, we got, <laughs> we got the rain yesterday, so now it's your turn, I guess, in, in Virginia. Well, you could have kept it another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's not too... It's not too pleasant to be filling ice machines outside of stores when it's a downpour, you know what I mean? Going in the freezer soaking wet doesn't quite feel too well, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't know. I've never done that, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks for coming on today. Um, you have some movies here that has my interest, and uh, you have a movie that you want to promote and some other stuff you want to promote. So before we get started into that, I'd like to talk to you about a movie that um, you're at Horrifying last year, um, Family Property. Um, do you want to give listeners an idea who hasn't seen it yet, or, uh, an idea of what it's about, and uh, you know? Well, it's it's a simple, basic kind of like '70s style grindhouse slasher flick. Um, the killer Derek James, his father, actually in the beginning of it gets killed off by the cops. But right before he gets killed, he makes his little son promise him that uh, if anything happens to him, he won't let anybody on the property. If they come on it, he's going to kill them. Uh, the property stays abandoned for about 10 years, and then uh, people decide to step on it, uh, which ensues a lovely killing spree that nobody survives, basically. Nice. So you have a, um, Lloyd Kaufman was uh, the mayor, huh? He was the mayor, and he did the special introduction for me for it as well. Um, the special intro isn't with what you can actually get when you, like, if you get it on Amazon right now. It's on the new version. Okay. Um, and it, but the introduction is up on YouTube that everybody can see. It's a pretty sweet intro because he uh, actually started talking about how on point the acting is and all this other stuff and then he said uh, Family Property is just the best movie ever made since Batman and Robin <laughs> <laughs> oh, and God. then and then he said oh and, and one more thing uh, Lloyd Kaufman is in Family Property and he's one of my favorite actors <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Kaufman now, uh, it was pretty cool now were you a fan of trauma films growing up I've been a fan of trauma films for about 12 years now. Yeah. So I didn't get into them right in the beginning, but um, I've been, ever since I saw Toxic Avengers for the first time, I've been a huge fan. Yeah. So. He's a, he has a lot of, uh, the thing about Lloyd Kaufman I find amazing is he does a lot of the uh, cameos in movies, you know. He's always popping up somewhere, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, I mean, hell, he's even in Hatchet too, man. <laughs> I mean, he's everywhere. <laughs> I know. You know, he's in Hatchet Dudes, and uh, he's actually in this uh, new documentary called Chasing Hollywood um, that actually I wanted to talk about, too, because yeah. uh, the documentary, once it's finished and it gets out, all proceeds of it actually go, they actually go to uh, Kids Fight Cancer. Cool. So, um, you know, those guys aren't taking any of the money from the film. It's all set up. 
through their lawyer to where all proceeds just go straight to that foundation. Sure. And it's a great film. It's got Reggie Bannister in it, Lloyd Kaufman, Michelle Shields. Um, it's got a, it's got a crap load of people, man, because they just traveled all over the U.S. talking to people about their experiences chasing Hollywood. Well, if you want, go ahead and and, and let's talk about it now. Go ahead. Well, hold on a sec. I, I want to make sure I get all the guys' names right and stuff. Because mm-hmm. um, they're actually going to put where Lloyd is in family property and he's in this, they're going to put a, the trailer for family property at the opening of the film. Oh, cool. So, um, that, you know, that's pretty sweet. And I got the trailer of it in the opening of uh, my new film, Midnight Matinee Psycho. So, yeah, those guys are pretty cool. I did a radio interview with them. Um, had them on the uh, both of the radio shows that I do. Cool. And uh, Tony Passarella and Bartolomeo Tamborello. Uh, both of those guys are the ones that did the film, and they're, they're just some great down-to-earth guys, man. They have uh, Reggie Bannister, Dominique Capone, uh, Joe Estevez, Antonio Fargas, Larry Thomas, James Vallow, Eric Williams. I mean, they just got a whole branch of, of people, man. And, um, it, it, it's going to be a great documentary for everybody to watch can't wait well one thing I will say about Joe Estevez I watched him a couple a couple of low budget horror films and when you watch him act it's so funny how he's so similar I mean of course they're brothers to Martin Sheen it's so it's so weird it it is man I mean it but you know hey when you grow up kind of want to do the same thing and you're kind of watching each other, yeah. picking up tips from each other. Usually, you end up acting about the same way. Yeah. So you know, it, it, but hey, it's kind of cool because you get the feel of both of them anytime you watch either one of them film. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty. I mean, I've seen him him in one of these most outrageous, super low budget horror films I've ever seen in all time. But with him being in it. It just brings the the quality of the movie higher because of the ability, because of Joe's ability, you know, to, for his performance. Well, to- I mean, that's that's the key thing, dude. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, it doesn't matter. The film doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter if the filming, like whoever's directing the film, they can suck from hell. The storyline can suck. Right, but as long as your actors have a characteristic that makes you just want to watch them, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it, it makes the film, and it doesn't matter how bad the storyline is, you're going to enjoy the movie. Yep, because you're enjoying those characters, and that's the reason why you. Most of the time, you, casting is key. You know, I mean, there's a lot to say about post production. There's a lot to say about being the cinematographer, setting up the right shots and everything else. But if you don't get the casting for the roles just right, and find just the, the right actors to pull off the characters, then, you know, you, you got to be able to believe them. Right, right. You know, you got to be able to believe that they are who they're trying to portray. 
And that's the one thing that I lucked out with with a bunch of my films, even though, like, even though Midnight Matinee Psycho and Family Property are kind of a world apart, I use some of the same actors, and some of them are real good at ad-libbing, and when you see them ad-lib, you, you know, you think there was a script there. They do so well, and uh, everything kind of just fits all the stuff that was in the screenplay. Right. So, you know, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Well, there's a movie here I want to talk to you about, too. Um, you were a producer for, um, I've yet to see it, um, The Vampires of Zanzibar, 2010. Do you want to talk to the people? Explain that what that's oh, about. Oh, man, Zan- Zanzibar is a, is, is a good film, dude. It's 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 real fun and quirky. Um, it has the entire, you know, the... There's a bunch of music. It's a musical horror, basically. Right. With comedy all the way through it, dude. And um, it's basically about this one kid who doesn't know he's a vampire because he's a half-breed. And uh, once he finds out he's a vampire, he finds out that he's the chosen one. And if he chooses to bite the virgin's neck, the vampires will take over the world for eternity. Um... And he has the decision to make on whether to bite her neck or not while he's also trying to be a slayer and uh, stop the vampires from spreading his blood. So, that's pretty cool. Uh, Brandon DiCamillo and Chris Chris Rabs in it from, uh, you know, Jack Ass and Evil of Bam and CKY. And then, uh, dude just drew a blank on his name but uh hold on a sec I can <laughs> sorry I, 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 I love uh, I love all this stuff but anyway um yeah it it's just real cool with who all we got right uh, we got some breakthrough actors Royce Hobson who's actually in my Midnight Matinee Psycho film he's amazing I mean, he's, he's just awesome, dude. And he, in the film, actually looks like Johnny Depp's twin. Um, oh, really? And our cinematographer, it was funny because we, we had a joke going the whole time we were shooting. Because we had Johnny Depp's look-alike on set, and then the uh, cinematographer looked exactly like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I mean, he was his exact duplicate. So the whole time we're like, damn, this is a big budget film, man. We got Tarantino and Depp. You can't beat this shit. <laughs> so, you know, we had a great time with that. But we also got Robin Watkins from, uh, uh, you, you know, Troma's Poultry Geist. Right. Um, and then Bjarne Gator and uh, Andre Carton and Jimmy Johansson, all those guys are from overseas. Uh, we're from Iceland and... Uh, I can't remember where Jimmy Jimmy's from, but anyway, you know, it it it's just cool, man. Um, John Johnson from Dogstone Entertainment, who's doing the uh, Plan Nine remake, uh, the Plan Nine from Outer Space remake, Plan Nine. Um, he's in it. Says John Price, uh, which of course John Price is in Family Property and Midnight Matinee Psycho. So it was it, it was just a great experience man it's a fun film to watch and uh, you know we're, me and uh, we're actually uh, writing a screenplay now 
uh, well, I'm not writing, but Corey Greer and uh, John Birmingham are writing a screenplay now that's based around the Marcus and Ricky characters from Zanzibar. Oh, okay. So uh, that's going to be the next thing that happens when it comes to uh, Birmingham, uh, which is pretty sweet. Um, oh, yeah. Avon. From Danzig. That's who. I, I don't know how I, I lost his name, man. Danzig's just such an awesome fucking band. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got Eric Vaughn in there too. So, you know, it's it was just a pretty sweet film all the way around. And, uh, Boy Kaufman's in it. And, you know, it's just fun. So. Yeah, it was directed by John Birmingham, as you mentioned earlier. And, yeah, and, and John Birmingham's first film, Crazy Animal, is actually uh, being distributed now by Troma. So any Troma fans, make sure you check out Crazy Animal, because it is a very, very good film. It's It's got Ron Jeremy in it, it's got Lloyd uh, Kaufman, and yeah, it's just, that film is exactly what it says. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's all over the place. There's this uh, dude. I don't want to give too much of the story away, but there's this guy. There's this frat party. This girl gets raped, and her and her friends plot to get the guys back. And you get to go on this fun ride of them getting them back. And actually, let me go. Let me let me go to this real quick because I know there's an actress in it that has actually made it pretty big now. Oh really? Um, yeah. So let me get back here real quick so I can... Yeah, Brink Stevens is in it. Okay. Um, well, actually, let me get through the whole list. There's uh, John Birmingham, of course, and Anise Fuller, and then John's uh, wife, Danica DeCosta, and Ron Jeremy, Adam Gorlick, Stephen McCloskey, uh, Mariah Zirinova, Renee Pedersen, uh, Anthony Mangiello, Boyd Coffin, Brink Stevens, Brian Kimmel, Haley Evelyn, Jessel, Charles Smith, and uh, just the whole, uh, there's a bunch of uh, people from Zanzibar in it too, so you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. But the fact Frank's in it just makes it awesome. Yeah, this a lot of um, actresses. You know, have uh, started off in the lower, lower budget movies, and they turn out to be, you know, get famous from it. Yeah, well, yeah, he's he uh, has like, I mean, he's got a long list of people that have been, uh, yeah, he's been able to work with on a bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's, and he's a great, he's a great filmmaker himself, man. So, yeah. You just gotta give John his props because he's he's real creative. A lot of the stuff he does is musical based comedy, you know, with horror mixed in. Right. It's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, you don't see much of that anymore. So he, he's a real talent. Well, if you want, we can go ahead and go in and talk to your new baby, um, Midnight Matinee Psycho, 2011. Oh man, they're talking about being a baby. 
<laughs> I caress this thing every night and tell it it's going to be a wonderful film. Um, but this film is actually crazy, dude, because it's got four different storylines. Um, you have the killer who is actually killing people at midnight matinees in the movie theaters. Then you have the female whose father's killed in the midnight, you know, in a midnight screening at one time, way before these other killings start happening. He was killed by a robber. And uh, she's at the theater and meets this guy and they fall in love. He has the romance story. Um, because they get married and everything. And then the guy she marries happens to be an, an actor and a filmmaker. And in this movie, he makes family property. Okay. Um, which, which is pretty sweet. Because <laughs> uh, what a great way to promote the film, but do that. Uh, then he, you actually get to see him go to Days of the Dead, the convention, um, which was the you know, first convention for Days of the Dead. And, the first uh, convention I was actually a guest at as, as an indie artist and uh, we shot a bunch of stuff there got some great cameos which I'm going to go through the list of people that cameoed for me here in a second but it's just it's just amazing dude because well it started off as my wife told me I could do a short film because uh, I got great grades in college alright alright because, you know, i got to do real good in school and she trades off where I'm not working, where I can work on films. So I push real hard to get good grades. I got all A's, and she was like, okay, since you made the dean's list again, you can do a short film. Well, I ended up hooking up with Steve Cole, who was in The Amazing Race, which, you know, is a great TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, him and his wife were in that, and I ended up hooking up with him, and he did all the cinematography work for me. And they come up, and we did all the stuff for the short. And I got to looking at it, and it's like, this is too good of a story, too good of, uh, you know, footage to waste on a short film. Right. So I was like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, I'll let her watch it, and I talked her into letting me make it into a full film. And uh, then Greg Waite, who plays Detective Holt, uh, he... There's a screenplay writer, too. So once I finished the screenplay, he looked it over, made changes to make it flow better, uh, because even though I can write pretty decent, there's always better ways to say certain things. Right. And him being around longer than me, he's got a broader vocabulary, so he used that. And we know we got a great screenplay together, and then... Um, I actually did, in December, I did an interview on my blog talk radio show where I reunited Madman Mars and Richie for Madman for the first time in 30 years. Oh, wow. And then the very next weekend, I interviewed Victor Miller, who wrote the screenplay for Friday the 13th. And he had read my other screenplay that I have that I'm working on, Josie and loved my unique look. You know, he loves my creativity. And he told me on air that he would do a cameo for me in anything that I'm working on. So I got Victor's cameo, and then I started talking to the dude that played Richie. 
he hasn't acted anything since Mad Men in 1980, and he was all for it. He, we actually found out in December, man, that December was when he found out Mad Men was a cold hit. Oh wow! Yeah, he didn't even know it was a hit. He's been a male nurse for the past 13 years. Oh wow! And he's been under a rock. He didn't know anything about uh, Paul and those guys, Paul and Gary, going to the conventions. And he just found out about it, and he didn't realize that the movie was had t- taken off and got a following. And he got excited. He actually filmed his cameo for me. Victor got a guy that he's friends with to film uh, the green screen cameo of him, and they sent it to me. Well, uh, then where I'm actually doing a blog talk radio show with Eric Morris who wrote the Camp Crystal Lake novels in 95 I got him to do a cameo as well oh that's cool and if that wasn't enough from the Friday the 13th franchise and you know if that wasn't enough like comeback things you know I got Jimmy Steele's first appearance in 30 years you know which is great but now I am reuniting Richie and Madman for the first time after 30 years on screen because Paul Ellers is doing the intro for me. And I'll be getting that here soon, and that's the last thing I need to finish up the film. But Paul got his son's friend, and they his name's Chris, uh, Chris Garantino, and he's actually doing a new film called The Montauk Chronicles. Um, he went in they worked for I think like almost 12 hours to get this intro done and it's one of those old school Saturday horror host type intros oh, wow. and I'm not going to tell too much about it because once I get it it's going to be up on YouTube Okay. so um, everybody can go to my YouTube page and actually watch the intro they can look up Paul Ellers He's going to post it everywhere that he's, uh, uh, like on YouTube and stuff where he has his name. And so is Chris. So, you know, you can go on any one of those YouTube pages, Vivio, and, uh, look up the, look up the, uh, actual intro for Midnight Madness. I'm going to be able to watch it. Nice little teaser to set the tone for what the film's going to be like. Nice. Um, but then while I was at Days of the Dead, um, shooting some stuff, I ended up landing some even more people for cameos, which was amazing. Um, I got Sal Lizard, the Vampire Center, which uh, he's also known for his uh, great work on Hellbelly Zombie. Oh, yeah. I had that one. And, and then uh, I was able to also get Ari Lehman, the first Jason. Right. And... So I reunite Jason and now after now not only do I reunite Madman Mars and the kid that called him out after thirty years, I reunite Jason and his creator after thirty years. Because they're both in my film. That's cool. So I reunite them on screen kinda. Of. They you know, they're not together in anything, but they're in the same film for right. the first time in thirty years. So it's it's pretty sweet. Um I got PJ Souls, which is a huge name to get a cameo with. Yep. Um, and then I also was able to land Mike Holman from Interviews Jackass. And I got, uh, you know, Terrence Munting, who did uh, the films Bikini Monsters and Hell Walks the Earth. 
a couple cool little independent films. Yep. And then I got Michelle Shields, who's a great Hindi actress, and she's getting ready to make it. I mean, she she has what it takes, and even though she's in just the background shot at the thing, I don't really have her speaking. I'm still giving her credit, and she still wants the credit for it because you see her playing the day, and you know who she is when you see her. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's just pretty sweet, man. There's there's all kinds of great stuff with it. It gives you the entire vibe of the 70s and 80s the whole time you watch it. So, I mean, it, it kind of takes... I'm trying to make films that kind of take you back in time. That's what I like. That's what I you like. Know? And that's basically what I'm, I've been able to accomplish. Um, it's kind of weird because the movie theater that I landed... All of the colors in it are from back in the day, man. And the uh, bowling alley where my bar scene is, they actually have all that patchwork painting on it, just like the Partridge family did their bus. <laughs> and everything just has all these neat things that just bring you back in time. Yep. You know, and even the dialogue, the way the people carry themselves, my kill scenes. So every one of my kill scenes, they happen. And then you see the effects, and it's over with. Um, I don't spend 45, 50 seconds showing the gore. Right. You know, I just do like they did back in the day, man. And, and it works, you know. I mean, a lot of people love, this style, love that style. And actually, after sitting down and looking at MTV and watching all this shit and seeing how everything from the 70s and 80s is coming back in style, what a perfect time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I've got a couple of distribution companies already interested in knocking on the door, and um, hopefully a couple of them start wanting to fight over it. <laughs> yeah. The more that want it, the better deal I can get, you know. And, of course, with all the names I got, man, that's... It, it's hard to believe nobody would want to take a chance at looking at it just to see why they thought it would be a good enough film to put their name with it. Exactly. You know, I mean, and it, and it blows a lot of people's minds because when you sit and look at the production value of the film, I'm not going to say how much I made it for, but you would think that the the budget was at least two or three hundred thousand dollars, and I don't even I, I don't even think I spent twenty percent of that. <laughs> well, you know what? I, you know, as as far as me being a reviewer, I mean, I've said this time and time again. Um, I was actually interviewed, um, asking me my grade system on the reviews and so forth. And my big pet peeve in re reviewing movies is the first thing I look at is the budget. I mean, the reason why I say that is because there's some five thousand dollar budget movies that I thought are phenomenal. You know, and I enjoyed them. So you know, I you you can't you can't put a movie that's five thousand against a movie that's forty thousand. It's just impossible. So I do a fair review. I mean, uh, actually, it just depends, man. Yeah, it it just depends on the filmmaker, their creativity, because sometimes you can get away with uh, a bunch of back end deals and a bunch of you know, a bunch of getting freebies, which would have cost you, which would have actually made the film a $40,000 film, even though you only paid 
you know, three or four thousand. Well, exactly. So I'm going to be. I tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and be honest with you before you watch it. Up front, the film cost me 150 bucks. See. Well, yeah. Well, I'll cut that out so no one knows it. But um, that's my whole. Well, point. no, I don't. I don't care if you use it or not because you know once. Uh, to be honest, after I pay off everybody that did the work for getting paid afterwards, uh, the budget of the film is going to be twenty thousand. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I did 150 up front, but twenty thousand is the actual budget because once I get a deal, I got to pay that back. Right. 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 You know, before I can even start counting profit because that's the full production cost. Right. Um. So, you know, it's a $20,000 budget film up front, but, you know, it, it's got the quality of a $200,000 budget film. Exactly. You know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Now, yeah, yeah like I said about about my reviewing stuff, you know, I, I've, I guess it was Memorial Day weekend, or Easter weekend, a movie, a short film called Zombitch was being, you can watch it for free for the whole day in Easter. Now, I watched this film, and I understand the film because it wasn't made to be serious. It was a super low-budget zombie film that they only had limited, you know, stuff to use. But I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it fun. Basically, what I call it is, who gives a fuck what you think? This is what I want to do, and I make it fun. And I enjoy filmmakers that, you know, that ain't afraid to... Put something out there that, that that they enjoy, and they don't care what, what people say, you know. And that's the uh, that's what I find fascinating with some of these filmmakers. I mean, it's different. Well, I'll tell you what's funny. I'll tell you what's funny. Then you'll love watching the the rough cut, the rough director's cut of family property because that that a lot of people like the rawness of it, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have hated it. So. For the people that hated it, I said, fuck you and put it out like that. Right. For the people that liked it like that, I w- and for the people that hated it being so well, I went ahead and re-edited it and made it, you know, did the color correction and did everything it needed in order to make it to where it can make them happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, to be honest, man, it's like, it's my film. If only one person likes it, what the hell does it matter if you don't? Right. You know, if that one person does, that's all that matters. Because I got that one person liking it, and frankly, they get me, and I'm happy with just that one person. Yep. You know, because frankly, in in the indie world, it, you can't rely on a vast fan base. Um you got to rely on those hardcore fans. Right. Which you may get one fan out of every, one true fan out of every thousand. And that's what has kept Promo in business for 35 years. Yep. Um, and actually over 35 years. is those hardcore fans, regardless of how the films have went or regardless of the rumors they've heard or the... You know, if the if the way they've made their films has went off base from what they usually did, you know, regardless of that stuff, the hardcore fans will buy every damn thing Trauma puts out just because they're Trauma fans. Right. And you can't 
I mean, you can't beat that with a stick, man. Um, but like family property, I'm proud of that one because that was my first full feature. I proved I could pull it off. I did all the special effects myself. I taught myself how to edit with that film. I did all the sound. You know, I put in all the sound effects, put in all the music, keyed in every place where everything needed to be, directed it, wrote it. I was behind the camera. I acted in it. I was the killer. You know, I did everything. Right. And I'm proud of it. That's That was something, especially since I made that right after me and my wife got married and she was pregnant with my son. And when I first screened it for the first time, he was still in her stomach, and she hadn't felt him kick the entire pregnancy. The whole time my movie was going, he kicked her stomach like crazy. Uh, so that, that that was pretty sweet. But it, let's put it this way, man. It, it was a huge lesson. I learned a lot from doing that film. And I'm probably one of the only filmmakers who can say my very first film was not only reviewed by Rue Morgue, but Fangoria as well. Nice. You know, because they usually don't look at indie projects. I got both of those magazines to review mine on their websites. And their websites reach way more people than their magazine subscriptions do. Yep. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it, it was pretty sweet, dude. Um, you know, it made me happy, even though they trashed it because of all of the technical flaws. Every one of them said they could see my potential as a filmmaker as long as I had the right stuff behind me. Right. And they said if I had more money on my next film, then uh, it would be great. I made my second film for less money and got it even better. <laughs> so I basically, you know, said that they could kiss my ass. I don't need to put more money into it. Right, right. Now, you just need to get a good team. Now, do you have That's dates? I mean. Do you have some dates for the Midnight Matinee Psycho? Well, I am going to be submitting it to a lot of things here real soon. Um, I will be at Horror Weekend at Gatlinburg, Tennessee, promoting the film. Um, and there's a possibility they'll be screening it October 1st as long as they like it good enough when they get it, which I don't see how they can't because I, well, I'll tell you what, I, I'll go ahead and say this because I know you, you've been there. You've sat and watched in, the, in a bunch of, I guarantee you've been in a lot of indie films sitting and watching them and there was a lot that sucked. Mm-hmm. And then you had those ones that at the end, and throughout it just had those moments that when it came to the end it wrapped it all together and it made you stand and applaud right it just gave you that feeling that you deserved it right well the way that I end this film I sat and watched it just as if I was a fan I, I didn't look at it as if it was mine I was just like if I was sitting in the audience watching this how would I feel so I sat and watched it and I felt the exact same way I did with the first indie film that I watched at a, at, at Horrified, actually. It was one that, we, that one that they screened at Horrified last year, mm-hmm. where I sat down and I watched it, and it was so ingenious and so well put together 
it just had so many points throughout it that made you enjoy it that at the end of it it made you want to clap and stand up and just applaud it and shake the hands of the people that made it and tell them they did a great job right and I sit back and I watch and when I see the ending and how the credits roll on it it made me feel the exact same way there you go and and it's not just because it was mine because I took that away from myself right the, the problem the problem with a lot of filmmakers they sit and look at their work and they're like dude this is so fucking awesome this shit kicks ass and they don't take themselves out of the fact that it's theirs right and you gotta have the mentality to sit back and look at it and be like well if this wasn't mine and I'm sitting watching it how would I feel and watch it and then you gotta say okay you gotta be able to be hard enough on yourself to say man this is a piece of shit I need to work on this some more you know right but if you sit back and you watch the film and it's like family property where it just takes you on a fun ride who gives a shit about the flaws yep yeah, exactly you know? yeah. Exactly right. And I watched it, and everybody was like, "This, you're crazy, da 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 da." But I've had so many people watch Family Property that just, all right. David Hess watched it, loved it. Diamond Dallas Page watched it, loved it. Both of them said they love to work with me on a film sometime. Um, That's good. And now I'm friends with both of them. And then you have people like the guy that was the head of Days of the Dead he said on my radio show when I had him on that when he watched Family Property if he, all he could think of was Toby Hooper and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it was so raw right and so and it just gave him that feeling and a lot of people compared it to that and then Shroud Magazine uh, from New York actually said that it gave the end cesspool feeling of its predecessors The Hills Have Eyes Last House on the Left in 2001 Maniac nice so they kind of they kind of they kind of actually compared me to Wes Craven which was pretty sick yep you know and it's like okay my first film got compared to Wes Craven's first film you know it's like I don't care where it came from. One person said it. Right. But then Mike Halberfeldner, who I don't know if you've seen his site, he does a lot of reviews and interviews. He's from overseas. He sat down and said it's just one of those, it's a pure grindhouse film that takes you on a trip back in time. Nice. Because it makes you feel like you're sitting in a drive-in watching the film. So, I mean, you know, it, it just... It depends on people's taste, too. Mm -hmm. But, anyhow, I got off subject. I go back to uh, Coral Weekend in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Um, that's going to be a major weekend, especially if anybody listening lives anywhere nearby. Uh, it's only $30 for weekend passes. Wow. Um, and the hotel is $79 a night. I think they have probably five VIP passes left at 175 bucks each, and what you get with that, I'll, I'll tell you that in a second. But the the celebrity guest list they got there, dude, mind blowing. Um, 
They have Sid Haig, Heather Langenkamp, Tony Todd, Priscilla Barnes, Doug Jones, Margot Kidder, Ernie Hudson, Derek Mears, Andrew Bernarski, DDP, TJ Soul, which if, you know, the people that you hear cameos from, if they actually screen Midnight Matinee Collector, they're probably going to be at the screen. Cool. Um, <laughs> Amanda Wise, Dave Clark, Hannah Hall, Zach Galligan, Brian O'Halloran, uh, David Naughton, Dick Warlock, my no main kidding. man Ari Liebman's going to be there. No kidding. His band First Jason's going to perform. Alex Vincent from Child's Play is going to be there. Serena Vincent, Nivik Ogre. Uh, they're doing a special screening of Repo the Genetic Opera. They're doing a special screening of Heather Langenkamp's I Am Nancy. Uh, Jay LaRose is going to be there. Mark Patton, Philip Celia, who, of course, is cousin It from the original Adams Family television series. Yep. Uh, Larry Mainland from Walking Dead, Camden Toy, uh, Brian Harnos from uh, Ghost Hunters, John Tenney from Paranormal State. My main man, Mike Holman, is going to be there. And I'm actually going to be sitting at the table with Mike. Um, Albert Poyan, who directed Captain America, Kickboxer 4, you know, all those great films right. from the 90s. Um, he's going to be there, and they're going to do a special screening of his new film, Tales of the Ancient Empire, that stars Kevin Serbo and Michael Pear. Uh, Jim O'Rear is going to be there. Good guy. Uh, rock star DJ Trey is going to be there, and he's going to be the DJ for all the events. Um, as far as Independent Alley goes, I will be there. Uh, David Fultz from My Bloody Wedding, Hellophone, and Santa Claus vs. the Zombies. Nice. And by the way, My Bloody Wedding is available on walmart.com now no kidding yeah and it is also available in Canada in Walmart stores and in Kentucky wow so yeah that, that, that's a big thing and Mike Holman's in that too I'm gonna check and out he's out. also on Hellophone so it, it's pretty sweet uh, Julie Ann's gonna be there from No Strings 2 Slices Elwood and uh, the upcoming film Idiot Gore and then uh, Caleb Perkins is going to be there from the girl, and of course Halifax and Santa, Santa yep. Claus versus the Zombies. Mm -hmm. And R Ronnie Jonah will be there. Yep. Which of course I know you know who she is. Mm -hmm. She appeared in Dean Simmons' Family Jewels. Yep. She was in the Legacy and Perkins 14, and yep. she's going to be in the upcoming zombie movie. And then her co-star in a couple of those, Jason Crow, is going to be there as yep. well. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a kick-ass event, dude. But the cool thing is the um, kickoff party and all of the concerts are going to be taking place at the Hard Rock Cafe. Nice. Yeah. So, and the kickoff, part, the kickoff bash is going to be uh, live music from the band Radio Cult. Um, then, and, like, the VIP tickets that are $175, bucks, um they have full event access, VIP access to the Hard Rock Cafe, kickoff bash, uh, VIP party with the stars, which the kickoff bash is the September the 30th, that Friday night at 9 p.m., and then the actual convention Saturday and Sunday, October 1st and 2nd. Wow. So, um, and 
Basically, man, the entire town of Gatlinburg is supporting the convention. No kidding. Gatlinburg is actually listed as one of the sponsors for the convention, which is pretty kick-ass. That is. Um, but with those VIP passes, you get to go to the part, the, you know, the VIP soiree. You get the guaranteed up seat, up front screening, seating, of course, for all the screenings and stuff. But then you get three autograph tickets to use on celebrities of your toys. Uh, six-month subscription to Fangoria Magazine, uh, the special lanyard, event t-shirt, admission to Ripley's Haunted Adventure, special VIP goodie bag, and then you also get more they haven't even announced yet. Excellent. So, I mean, that's going to be one kick-ass event. But um, the, they have, I mean, Days of the Dead from Dust Till Con. Vampire Lock of Arms, Fangoria, Cool Water Productions, Revolution, Hard Rock Cafe, Luxury Cabins in Gatlinburg, the Edgewater Aquarium in Gatlinburg, Tennessee are all the sponsors. So, that's, <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Um, the Facebook page, I want to help them get over a thousand likes. They're at 934 now. Um, I've been promoting this thing like hell since I found out about it. So, anybody that listens to this, make sure you go like the page. Uh, push it over. I know a lot of you probably want to go to it, especially after hearing all this great stuff. But uh, I want to go ahead and mention that uh, they have uh, the Edgewater the Aquarium is one of the host hotels, and the rate is eighty nine dollars a night plus tax. Um, and that's you know you just got to tell them you're with Horror Weekend to get the special rate. And then the other hotel is Glenstone Lodge, which is uh, seventy nine dollars a night plus tax. And it's usually a hundred nine dollar rate for that place, and uh, all you got to do is give them the Horror Eleven group code. Okay. So you tell them Horror Eleven when you call the book, and then they'll give you the seventy nine dollar night rate, which is sweet. That's nice. Because I mean, it's a great place to stay. Um, but like I said, man, it's 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 awesome. But here's something cool too that's happening. You know, we announced it on my radio show, and I want to go ahead and let everybody that listens to you here in the show uh, know about this, too. You can actually win two-night stay in the luxurious cabins in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, plus four VIP access passes for the convention, which means you'll be able to get into all the events cool. and the convention for free. Um, so all you really going to have to pay for is travel. Right. Uh, you, the, the actual, um, the actual cabin sleeps up to six people. And it's just a huge, you know, it's really luxurious. So, I mean, it's going to be awesome to stay at. But here's the thing. If anybody wants to win it, all we have to do is write the best theme song for the convention and send it to, uh, Jenna at seeinghand.com. Hmm. And, I mean, it, it, it's just awesome, dude, because I came up, you know, they said they wanted to do a giveaway. And I said, well, how about a, you know, little song contest so you can write the best theme song lyrics. And basically, you have to mention Gatlinburg, uh, mention the convention's name, drop a few of the stars' names that are going to be there, and uh, kind of encase the horror community at the same time. That's cool. Uh, you know, and anybody can enter, anybody can win. I mean, you don't have to be a songwriter. Just sit down and listen to a few theme songs from horror films and get some ideas on how to write some stuff. Right. Yeah, uh, and it and it runs till September first. So, 
got still got a little bit of time you know, to get get in a submission. And her and Adam Phelps, who I mean, if you've if you're in the con world, you've heard of Adam. Mm-hmm. He's a great promoter. Um, but that's her fiance, and uh, Jenna and him both will be the ones that pick the winner. Cool. So you know, dust it down. They'll go through every single one of the songs. And here's the best thing: whoever wins, uh, not only do they get all that other stuff, but they get a free copy of Family Property and Midnight Matinee Psycho. Nice. Autographed by me, and then they also, <laughs> which this is just unreal. But I'm also going to take care of the song being recorded before the convention. Oh wow! So when they make it to the convention, their song will be played by the DJ. And the song will be on a CD for them. Well, that's cool. To take home and share with their friends and stuff. That's cool. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be pretty sweet, dude. So. Well, I wish you a lot of success. Um, the, midnight, the Midnight Matinee Psycho, I have a very, very big interest in, so can't wait to get my eyes on that. Well, I'll make sure you get a copy. Um I've promised my buddy Max Hay he can be the first one to review it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I get him a copy, I'll get you a copy. Um, and I'll let you be number two. But I gave him a... Damn, it didn't sound right, did it? I'll let you be number two. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, no, he's a... He came on my radio show a lot. He did a few film reviews for me on my show. And uh, he reviewed Family Property for me, so... You know, I, I sure. felt the need to hook him up with the first screen. Sure, out, so. no problem. But uh, it's it's going to be a pretty sweet film, man. I mean, I've I put a lot of hard work into this one, and uh, my wife, who's actually been backing me on this one, has gave me a lot of great feedback on it and opinion. And uh, and actually, she's the one that came up with the title of the name, the huh. title of the film. Oh, really? Yeah, we were sitting down, and I said, Midnight Matinee, and she said, Midnight Matinee Psycho. And I said, brilliant. I love you, honey. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, you know, Thanks. it's pretty good. And then, and my wife and my son, which is awesome, my two-year-old son, I have him in it. And it, it's kind of great, man, because my son's two and a half, and he's already been in two films. <laughs> <laughs> One for each year, because I, I just finished co-directing this film, uh, Minnow's Bishop Special, which is a comedy that Steve Cole from The Amazing Race is doing, and uh, my son did uh, some voiceover stuff for him, and uh, so he's a part of that now, too. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. John Birmingham's in it, too. Uh, I had to get him in on it, so... Birmingham's in Family Property, and he's in Midnight Matinee Psycho as well. Uh, just because, you know, me and him are great friends, and uh, why not just keep good teamwork together? Right. Um, and uh, I am a zombie in the Plan 9 remake as well, so when that comes out, everybody will be able to see me as a dead man walking. <laughs> Which is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want to do. And Birmingham is one of the uh, one of the associate producers on that too. So that's cool. Um, 
It's it's a great you know that that film's going to be awesome, man. It, it, the cool thing, the best thing though, is taking the worst film ever made and remaking it. You're almost guaranteed a better take of the version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's almost impossible to screw it up, but it's crazy because I got I got Michelle Shields, you know, in Midnight Matinee Psycho. And I was on being the Plan 9 remake, which is Plan 9. Right. She's in the other Plan 9 remake, which is The Grave Robbers from Beyond. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, here we are, both in dueling films, basically. And uh, we were sitting straight across from each other at the convention, and she's in my film now, so it's kind of fun. That's funny. But, uh, you know, it works out. And uh, a lot of people, I, I want a lot of people too to go by and check out uh, my radio show and uh, check out uh, Bloodbath Radio with me and uh, Eric Morris as well because we can get some great interviews on there. We have a lot of good times. Um, we have one on a bunch of rants and raves lately, uh, <laughs> basically because we found out a bunch of information about Dark Spider that pissed us off. Um, and so we're just letting the people that we know are behind a bunch of shit know that we know and we're rant, we've been ranting about them but here lately we're dying down a little bit yeah. cooling off on them per se but once we found out we had to let them know <laughs> that we knew what was going on you know what I'm saying and landing it dude and he hit he hit it perfect for that's, the film that's excellent and it just blows my mind but I got him and when when he was, did his part for Midnight Matinee Psycho, we went home, and he went up to my camera, opened it up, and hit record. Because he was watching me the whole time I was filming. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he said, Daddy, shh, quiet on set. <laughs> and then he said, and action. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, he ran at me like he was doing a wrestling video, dropped an elbow, counted one, two, three, and then he said, I'll win, looked at the camera and said, cut. (laughs) I said, oh my God, two and a half years old. I am. So I actually, uh, when I finally get some free time, I'm going to take him uh take this little video that he made and put it up on YouTube for everybody to see the little two and a half year old film director <laughs> that's funny <laughs> yeah I'm not even going to edit it man I'm just going to let it let the whole thing ride so you can see everything that he did that's cool and you can see that I'm not getting up and getting behind the camera you know it just all of a sudden shuts off because he gets back there and cuts it off <laughs> whatever <laughs> That's funny. And, I mean, he set up the shots. He moved the camera around to where he wanted it at. He opened it up and he looked in it. And you could hear me saying, can you see me in the camera, son? And he says, yes. Quiet. Action. <laughs> That's funny. Kids are great. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet, man. But i tell you what, dude. It's crazy because from horrifying to now, it's a completely different world. Ain't it? Horrifying. I walked around... Nobody even had a glimpse of who I was, you know. 
and now I'm friends with a lot of the stars and a lot of I've, I've gained a lot of fans already and it's just been so surreal because here it hasn't even really been a year since horrified and as a matter of fact if I land that screen October 1st um Seth, in a year's time, you make from the last time you were in a convention. Well, see, those reviews for Family Property shot into the top 8,000 with Amazon Video On Demand, um, which was awesome because I was up there with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff as far as Reynolds was concerned. Right. And, you know, just it, it's been a year. I've gotten a Fangoria and a Rue Morgan of you. I mean, review, and I've got a bunch of interviews laid down, and I've been an indie guest at a horror convention, and I'm going to be one at another one. And I may have landed my first screening for my new film, and I've had my world premiere for other films. Good deal. So, and I've made the film all in this one year span. I know, ain't that crazy? <laughs> it's just odd, man. It's like, and his son and his daughter, they always dress up and. His son's been little Jason. Last year he was little Ash at the Halloween contest. Right. Um, anyway, he became my music guy, but it's it's funny, man, because I met him at Horrifying, and then he went back home, and he had all these papers that he got on indie filmmakers and indie actors, and he was looking for who he was going to review for the Eric, interview for the Eric Morse Project because he does horror chat for Eric. Right. And then all of a sudden, I got a, you know, I got a message on face on MySpace and uh, asking me if I wanted to do an interview because he said he looked at that and he thought back to how I was there and the passion I had for my projects and stuff. And he said, I just felt in my heart there was something about you. And. So he took a chance and took me on as the interview. And then after I did the interview, I found out about the Blog Talk Radio World, so then I started my own show. Right. And my very first two interviews I did, I did one with Eric Morris, and my very next one was with Ashley C. Williams from uh, The Human Centipede. And then I did an interview with Serena Vincent, and then I did Vincent, you know, Victor Miller, and I had the reunion show with uh, Paul Ellers and Jimmy Steele and Gary Sales, you know, and I've had Lloyd Kaufman on, and I've had all these great people on, and it's like, dude, I've done a lot this year, <laughs> you know? On top of that, I've been going to college, and uh, this is my last semester uh, for my associate's degree in Internet, I mean, in Information Systems Technology, and I'm going to be graduating magna cum laude. Wow. So, you know, it's, to, to have been being as busy as I have on top of trying to work when I can and watching my son and trying to make my wife happy and, uh, you know, going to the convention. I mean, it's just been crazy, dude. Yeah. And, and it's kind of cool because Wayne, his son, you know, he goes around dressed up as little Jason and everything. And he got the birthday present of a lifetime, of a lifetime this year. Oh, yeah. Because his birthday was a week after Days of the Dead. So he got to go to Days of the Dead, enjoy all of that, hang out with everybody, 
you know. And Ari, when he done his cameo for Midnight Matinee Psycho, he acted like little Jason was his son. <laughs> and if that didn't make his birthday even better, the day of his birthday, I got Ari and Paul Ellers both to call and wish him a happy birthday. That's cool. So he came home from school, and it was all like, well, not school, but, you know, the babysitter, da 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 da, da whatever. He came home, and there was a phone call. Yeah, this is Ari Lehman. One of the wish Will Jason a happy birthday. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paul Ellers called, and uh, here little Jason's four years old. He sang them the entire the entire theme song for Madman, which, you know, struck Paul's heart because Hell Gary even had the words for the theme song wrong for a while and Paul had to correct him on it. Um, <laughs> but here's this little four-year-old kid and he knows it all by heart and he was singing it to him on his birthday. You know, so it, it, it's been pretty cool, man. It's yeah. real. And don't get a chance to at least like the Horror Weekend page, but if you get a chance to come out, make sure to come see me. I'll be sitting with Mike Holman, and we'll be sitting beside David Fultz. Come by and say hey to us. Uh, make sure you uh, come and check out First Jason. He's going to be playing at the, at the convention. Come say hi to Ari. Um, I will have Midnight Matinee Psycho mini posters on hand with me, and I will have the new version of Family Property with me. Nice. Um, so, you know, everybody can come check all that stuff out. And like I said, the new version has that lovely, lovely introduction from Lloyd Kaufman. Excellent. Oh, and uh, Vampires of Zanzibar, everybody be ready for it. It's getting ready to be on Amazon and uh, in a bunch of different places for you to be able to check it out. Okay, so sounds good. Make sure you be looking that up. Um and go check out Family Property. It's on Amazon. Just look it up. You know, you can rent it for a buck ninety nine for seven days. So, you know, if you like the raw versions of the film, that's me. Watch the director's cut, man, and you'll enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of sound issues, but it gives a shit. Uh, they were in there for a reason. Well, that's why I left them in there. Um, <laughs> and uh, I fixed them all so everybody can hear all the words in the new version. But in the original, be ready to miss some of the work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. It was nice to chat with you. Um, well, thanks for having me on, man. And uh, no problem. Maybe I can flip this, flip the stool, and uh, have you on mine when uh, sometime soon. All right. Sounds and, interesting. Uh, we can have a lot of fun. Uh, this, this, Shit, man, I got so much I can talk about. We'll be talking for days. <laughs> All right. Good thing I got a 30-minute time limit. <laughs> if they didn't give me a time limit on Blog Talk, man, shit, they would have bandwidth problems all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, buddy. Nice yeah, chatting I appreciate with you. it, dude. And, uh, um, Hope I hope you get a chance to come out the horror weekend, man. Because you know it's going to be a great show, you know, and, and, and it'd be cool to get to hang out with you. Yeah, I'm going to try try and get out there. But thanks again. Hey, right, man. We'll we'll see you later. Yeah, sounds good. Take care. All right, bye. Now.
Gresham Herzog, the voice of horror. Do you like horror? Well, I do. So tune in to Gruesome Herzog's Horror Movie Review. A little creepy, though.